More recruiting, basketball this time on Locked On Syracuse. Jason Jordan, the director of basketball recruiting, will join me uh, right after this on Locked On Syracuse. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte here with you on your Tuesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And joining me on today's episode is Jason Jordan, the Director of Basketball Recruiting at Sports Illustrated. Jason, thanks for being here. I appreciate you. Hey, man. How are you? Glad to be here. Good. Um, Let's get right into what Syracuse basketball has been putting its fans through uh, in terms of a recruiting class for 2023. First of all, the 2022 class, six guys come in. Uh, Bayheim calls it the greatest class of all time. I think we, you and I have talked about that on this show before. Um, but the 2023 class right now is a barren wasteland. They extended offers to some of the best recruits in the country, got none of them. J.P. Estrella was like the only guy that, to be honest, I thought was going to come to Syracuse and then right at the last second said, no, Tennessee's my place to be. Um, And he ended up going elsewhere. But now the only guy that it seems that they have a chance with is William Patterson, a seven foot two, 220 pound big man. Should Syracuse fans be worried that there's nobody in the class of 2023, or, or am I overreacting? That's what they, the fans of this podcast would love to hear if you told me I was overreacting. <laughs> well, yeah, so because of the world we live in now with the transfer portal, you shouldn't be worried, right? Because okay. uh, if all you want is answers, then you, you're going to have your, <laughs> oh, you're going to have options with the answers, right? Um, it's because that's the world we live in now, which is wild in and of itself, different topic. But, um, you know, if yeah, that that's alarming that you're not that you're not um, landing. And, and this is why coaches like to go ahead and get things out of the way so fans don't panic. You know, in January, and they're like, "Oh my God, we don't have any recruits." Everybody has a recruit in twenty three. I mean, you look on the board; everybody on the right side of every you know national ranking is a you know is the school's <laughs> name right at this point. Yeah, the senior class. So um, I get. I get the panic, I get the um, the worry, but um, the transfer portal is the saving grace, and obviously it's where Syracuse is turning their attention, save, to your point, um, the big that they're still pursuing. Um, so, you know, I mean, you know, William Patterson, would he be a good piece? Sure, right? I mean, is he going to come in and be the savior? No. But um, it's be really clear, and, you know, what I've been told, back channel stuff, is that, you know, they're putting it all in the transfer portal. Okay, so at least we have that coming from uh, Syracuse's campus, that they're going to just put it all in the transfer portal. And they haven't really made a transfer portal splash. I mean, Elijah Hughes was probably the last incredibly talented player that they got from the transfer portal, because otherwise it was Cole Swider last year, Monier Hima this year, uh, and Saimir Torrance uh, last year. So other than that, it was Elijah Hughes. I mean, they have hit the transfer portal 
um, pretty hard. Andrew White, Wes Johnson, both guys from the portal. Obviously, it's different now where it's just free agency, so yeah. it's an entirely different landscape. Yeah. Um, but in that new, you know, in, in these new new days where we're all um, kind of trying or beginning to be forced to treat the transfer portal as a much more formidable um, uh, kind of way to build your roster, they haven't really shown us much. So maybe this is the offseason where they go out and get the superstar. Yeah, and then um, to be fair, you know, it's it's only really the second year where the transfer portal has been like – that's you know, true. You know, the thing, right? So, and then they're adding 14 days. People forget that. They're adding 14 days yeah. for kids to decide this year. So, it's going to grow by probably 500 plus, uh, even than it was last year. So, it's going to be it's gonna be wild, wild, crazy, insane. So, you know, there will be obviously more options. Um, okay. Well, I also want to bring up the transfer portal uh, as a potential con for Syracuse as – um, you know, it, it's not, it shouldn't be such a worrying thing now that guys are, are you should be expecting players to leave for the transfer portal right. from every single team. It's just Absolutely. so much easier now. And guys will just make a snap decision instead of having to wait on it because you're going to have to sit out a year. That's all gone. Now right. guys can just play wherever they want. So a lot more are going yep. to just leave for the portal. Um, yeah. but I feel like I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like Syracuse has some of the most players leave from the portal or from their team to the portal uh, from any other team. I mean, I feel like you brought in this six man class uh, and with Bayheim, you never know who's going to play, right? He hasn't right. just established a rotation. It is, you know, Malik Brown got 36 minutes last night, the game before he got like 12, you, you don't know who's going to play. And I feel like that is an environment that kind of breeds for guys to leave for the portal. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I mean, it's fair. Um, <clears throat> and so this is why the aura and the, you know, the back channel, not even back front channel, side channel conversations around Bayheim and Syracuse is that people feel like, um, you know, the game is kind of passing them by. And to your point with the despair, I've heard that all season, and just the disparity with minutes, people don't know what to expect. Um, you know, that all makes sense. And, and yeah, that is the climate where people and then you don't have success you're not having success so it's one thing yeah. if it's working right uh, then we all got to shut up but if it's not then you open yourself up to all of these things and then you know obviously you're at the end of your rope and um yeah it is absolutely the climate where um there's a mass exodus for sure yeah well that's not exactly what anybody wanted to hear but it's the truth i'm telling you <laughs> um okay um i mean just going off of that for, for one quick second. I mean, it's, honestly, this is the thing I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks. Because they are losing games that they shouldn't lose, or they're playing right. teams incredibly close. Like that Louisville game where they won by just one point. They just lost to Virginia. They lost to Pitt. In an ACC this year that is talented, probably more than people right. give credit, I think. But it's still pretty top-heavy. You still have a huge drop-off in terms of the team's. Um, but, you know, do you think a guy like Judah Mintz, who is getting his playing time and is has been, you know, in the conversation of some of the best freshmen in the country, but I don't think he's a one and done, you know, I mean, he still can't right. shoot a three pointer. Right. It, it kind of begs for him to come back to college. But I think a lot of people are worried that he would leave. Do you, what do you think about him? Do you think he'll jump for the portal? Do you think he'll stay a second year at the Cuse? 
No, no, no. I don't. I don't see that. You know, most people that are unhappy. I mean, I'm just gonna be very honest with you. Most kids that are unhappy are usually unhappy with their lack of production. You know, um, first, and, and I'm not saying Judah, but most kids by and large are, and I mean a lot. I mean, by majority, it's lack of production first, winning fifth. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Gotcha. Um, just to be honest. So if he's he's obviously doing very well, like he's probably one, of the, he's definitely one of the top freshmen in the country. Um, he's going to be all right. He just wants some help, you know, and, and I think as long as they're reassuring him that help is on the way, maybe via trans, obviously, probably more than likely going to be via transfer portal. Um, I think he'll be fine because if they're like, we need you, you know, we're going to ride your coattails and, you know, obviously that's going to have to be the sell for him. Um, it's it's tangible because it's like, hey, we did that this year, and we ain't lying. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't, you know what's coming. Like for other guys, to your point, I don't know what, how many minutes I'm gonna play this. I played this amount. I played this amount. It's like Judas, like you know, you know what we're gonna do with you. Score, you know, score the ball, and it'll be expanded this year. So he's not. I can't. I wouldn't see him going anywhere. Good news. Woohoo! Um, okay, let's take a quick break, and then we will talk about potentially uh, will Beheim leaving have a huge effect on recruiting in the transfer portal of what Syracuse gets. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And we've been talking about ordering them online for years, but now you can go into your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get them. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Okay. Back here on Locked On Syracuse, Matt Bonaparte with Jason Jordan, the Director of Basketball Recruiting at Sports Illustrated. Once again, we appreciate you being here. Um, so let's talk about Bayheim and, you know, the elephant in the room in that this could be his last season. Um, you know, we heard whispers about last year being his last season. I think a lot of people thought it would be because his sons were leaving would have been a nice trot off into the sunset. But, you know, I also could see maybe he didn't want to leave the team in a negative record and he didn't want to leave them with no recruiting class or whatever. So he built it up. Uh, Maybe he goes for one hurrah afterwards and that being this season. uh, But I also don't know anything. So, you know, but all I do know is that it's coming soon, whether we like it or not. And John Wildhack and Bayheim have told us that there is an ironclad plan in place, which is a good thing, I suppose, but also kind of you know, weird and ominous, um, because this is a program that is in danger of taking a huge step down once Bayheim leaves, because as a person, you're obviously going to know a lot more about this than I do, but as a person who follows this team and thinks about what they could possibly be saying in those recruiting visits for the last six or so years where there really hasn't been the success that there was in the early 2010s, I imagine they're saying, we got a Hall of Fame coach who's going to make you an NBA star. That's all I can imagine that they're saying. And without that, I don't know what they'll be. So what can Syracuse do to kind of pull a Duke 
and have that smooth transition like they had from Coach K to John Shire and still get top recruits because I do feel like Syracuse's recruiting has been on the rise for the last couple of years after it took a huge decline. Yeah, I think, um, well, the good thing about like, you know, if and when that happens, let's say it happens this year, right? He he decides to step off right on into the sunset, which, you know, I, I've heard the to your point, I've heard that so, so many times I don't want to jump out the window and say, I think yeah. it's going to be this year because I'm tired of looking stupid. But at the end of the day, the cloud would be gone, right? It, you know, other schools won't be able to use that against him. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, no, but, you know, when he uh, he's not going to be there. I'm telling you, right? And they do that, right? I guess that's true, um, yeah. So that'll be gone. We can't do that no more. So, and then it's going to be obviously younger, no offense, Jim, obviously younger, more fresh. Um, it'll be, you know, a new day, a new day, a new era. Look, I mean, to your point about Duke, Duke, new, newer, fresher. Um, you know, obviously, you know, John Shire was Coach K's right hand man. Um, you know, a lot of people think they know who's going to be the next successor uh, there at Syracuse. So, um, you know, with that cloud gone, you, it 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 does open the floodgates to be to go like balls to the wall all in recruiting the message is very clear um and they'll have to stay on message but that and then they're also let's just be honest i know we're you know fan base is probably frustrated but you're selling a hell of a product you know it's still syracuse that still rings out um i can i know this because when i talk to recruits if i hear syracuse there is there is still a perk up there is still like a yeah, I, yeah. Coach Beheim called. Uh, GMAC called. Yeah, it's like that. It, there, it, there's a different elevation in the top. These are different things I look for. So I, I know Syracuse is still uh, a school that rings out for sure. So um, I don't think. Yeah, it's not like, and I won't name another school, but it's not like you're selling. You know, a lower tier school, and you know you're trying to. You know, you're really trying to sell that. Um, you know, you're still playing the ACC. I don't think it'll be as big of a um, – it'll be a big transition because anytime a legend leaves, you know, there's a big transition. But as far as selling them on coming to play here for this uh, young, vibrant coach um, who's going to do things different, and play a different fun style that you like, young guy, because I'm young too, right? And I don't think that's – it helps that you're selling that with Syracuse, if that makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't know that the drop-off will be – from a selling standpoint, I don't know that it'll be substantial. I okay, mean, well, because now – I mean, to be honest, the, the, the assistants are the sellers now. You know, yeah. like Jim ain't texting nobody. You know, like, <laughs> you, know, it's just, you know, so yeah, he's not on those recruiting visits. Yeah, um, from what I understand, it's you see Jim when he come to his house for a barbecue in the yeah. summer, and he says, yeah. "Wow, this right. is going to be great." Yeah, <laughs> um, but hey, you mentioned uh, you know, Coach K handed it off to John Shire, his right hand man. That could very well be the case with Bayheim handing off to either of his two right hand men, which are Jerry McNamara or Adrian Autry. I think that the court of public opinion has kind of favored GMAC, 
but I'm not entirely sure. Do you think one of those guys is a better option than the other recruiting wise? Uh, it's tough. Uh, I, I, I hear their name a lot. I mean, I, I think most people believe it's GMAC to your point. Um, and I think that's, uh, no, for, for that reason, I probably would, you know, slide there. Um, just because that's what people are expecting, you know? And so, um, and I know people love, love him. I know the, the kids love him. The recruits love him. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Elliot Cadeau was a big uh, target for Syracuse yeah. recently. Um, he kind of fell off the, uh, the you know, Syracuse fell out of a, a chance with him down the end there. But then it came out that Adam Weitzman, Syracuse's big booster, had offered his million-dollar prize as an NIL deal to Cadeau. So I, for one, was incredibly interested because this would have been the first time that I watched a recruit pick a school knowing that he had a million dollars on the line. He had a million dollars on the line if he picked Syracuse. And he turned it down to went to UNC, which if I had to assume, there's probably somebody at UNC who's offering that same deal, maybe more. But what do you think about that? Do you think Syracuse gets recruits thanks to Adam Weitzman's million dollars? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. He he turned it down, the next guy won't. <laughs> You know what I'm okay. saying? Because at the end of the day, a million still a million. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, he's only playing. Now, Ellie is different. You know, Ellie's not going to need a million in nine months after he gets to school. You know, he's yeah. not. He's gone. Right. And everybody knows that he's uh, very open about that. So, you know, they think long term. And then it's like, yeah, if I come to Carolina, I'll have, you know, this stuff in place uh, and we'll win. I think, you know, these are the kids. I, I think we'll win because we'll have these things in place and da 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 But if I go somewhere where I don't have everything in place and it's, there's a lot of – like Hubert's not going anywhere, right? Yeah. But Jim Beheim might be, right? He might not be there when I – it's a lot of uncertainty. So uh, too much uncertainty, eh, I'm not going to hurt my draft stock. You know, I got to think big picture here. And so a guy like Elliot is a 100% big picture thinker, so – there are different nuances that go into a guy like him, sure. whereas the next guy. And then if the things are in place, like if the cloud is gone and we know who's next, you know, it's easier to sell that million. Easy. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, something I'm super curious about regarding that million is and that I was super curious about right off the bat when the news came out that that was something he was doing is, you know, obviously we know that it's a very – you know, NIL and recruiting, it's super, um, yeah, it's like a minefield in terms of NCAA violations. And you, the coaches can't talk to Weitzman about who he's going to offer the money to, obviously. Like, that would be a violation. So how does that work? Like, how does he know? Like, is he just, like, on the offers page and he's like, I'll pick that guy? Like, what, like, what is he doing? Yeah, because, yeah, okay, so let me see how I can answer this and be nice. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he doesn't, <laughs> yeah, you're right. He, he doesn't talk, the coaches, oh, baby, they don't talk about anybody that they really, man, if you, you know, I'm not saying to offer it, but if you were going to offer it, hypothetically speaking, it would be good to hit Elliot's people, but I'm not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, cause he's pretty good. I, you know, I don't think this guy, I think, you know, now we know the coaching staff doesn't do that. 
right? But, um, <laughs> I think, let's just say, I think he knows that maybe, maybe there are different ways he knows. I don't think it, and I don't think it's by patrolling uh, the recruiting pages. I, I, okay. Call me crazy. I, I just don't think that's how he does it. <laughs> I, like the, I like the picture in my head of Weitzman on whatever recruiting page, <laughs> just like with a dart going, that guy is my guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he can sell some stuff. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay, that's what I assumed the answer was, yeah. but I didn't know if you had some. I don't, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, also the other thing I thought about when um, that came out was Syracuse obviously has had sanctions put on them not too right. long ago, and Bayheim's wins taken away, whatever. Um, this this kind of public, we're giving a guy a million dollars thing, kind of screamed like. You one wrong step, NCAA is gonna freaking investigate you. Like you better watch out. Like, did you think about that at all? Do you think that's something well, they should worry about? Well, the the NIL is a whole different world, right? So the yeah. NCAA, in essence, you know, they're like, hey, you better not do that. You know, that's just how they treat the NIL. Hey, don't do that. And it's like, yeah. okay, or what? We haven't seen the <laughs> or what yet, right? So it's and not so many coaches are like, yeah, they're talking about these are the rules, but really it's a suggestion. If you're not enforcing it, you're just suggesting that we don't do these things that you deem to be negative. So until you enforce them, uh, here's the million dollars, and that wow. this is who I'm giving it to, and that's what it is. College basketball is just and football the wild west right now. Yeah, um, well. Now, I'm going to stick on it just because I'm super curious about this, and I finally have somebody on this podcast that I can actually ask questions to. We'll have the answers. Um, <laughs> with a million dollars on the line, like, is that a lot? Or are other teams out there offering $2 million or $3 million or $10 million? Like, where does that – is a million dollars, does a recruit see that and say, well, nobody else is offering me that? Like, I got to think about the school, even though they didn't – I didn't visit. They didn't really recruit me that hard. Like a million dollars is way more than I'm getting anywhere else. Yeah, it's not. And it, so <laughs> it, it's a lot of money, a whole okay. lot of money. And that's not, you know, people don't believe the hype. Like I know I, man, I just talked to a parent last week and I won't say who obviously, but very, uh, a high ranked player who was promised not a million dollars, but a lot of money. Right. So, but it wasn't a million. Yeah. <laughs> to your point, it wasn't a million. Um, and, you know, we, I was like, did you get that money? And he's like, no, not even, not even most of it. And so he's like livid about it. Yeah. You know, I would um, be too. So, the, you know, don't believe the, the clickbait. They, they're, they're not getting money like that. Isn't that, that? Okay. It's not act. You know, you can say whatever you want. You can say this is the valuation and this is what we deem that he that ain't true. They're not getting money like that. Some of them are, but it's like more the exception than the rule type thing. They're not getting millions. They're not just out here. What's your wire transfer? It's got to stop. You know, they're not doing that. You know, it's not. They're not out here winning like that. They're getting money, but they're not out here winning like that. No, okay. So a million would absolutely, absolute. I would love to know that. Guy. Now let me ask you this, because I didn't. You know, I I saw the thing about Elliot Cadeau. Was that confirmed? That was put out by uh, I believe uh, inside the Loud House. 
which is a Syracuse publication. Okay. Um, okay. That was. I had heard that, heard. but I didn't know if it was confirmed that he would. You know, uh, that's that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I also was wondering how that news gets out there. Like, I guess Weitzman leaked it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I was also just thinking about, you know, if I was 17 and somebody offered me a million dollars, I would have taken it instantly. <laughs> so um, good on Elliot Cadeau for maybe thinking about his future more than I would have at 17. Um, but just looking towards, before we wrap up, just the 2024 uh, class for Syracuse, still nobody in it. That's fine as of right now. Um, but do you think this six-man class lasts them that long? Or do you think that four of these guys are going to leave either via the portal or going to the draft uh, by the time 2024 rolls around? It's tough to say. You know, um, obviously there's a lot more season left. Um, so, you know, you, like we said earlier, the climate is there. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of um, uh things that they can't, you know, players can't bank on, you know, player. It looks like, you know, it also looks like the chem they have chemistry issues and uh, just miscues on both ends of the floor. And it's all, that's all bad. Um, but, you know, a lot can change in a month. A lot can change in two weeks. Like you can go on a five game winning streak and everybody's happy. And that's just the nature of uh, 18 to 22 year olds, right? Like they, you know, it's all about, um, where you're at at the time, and April's a long way from now. You know, March, yep. late March is a long way from now. So um, it's tough to say. I wouldn't jump out there and say they're definitely, you know, but a six-man class, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, in the climate we're in, uh, God bless you if you can hold on to six. Yeah. With an uncertain team and an uncertain season. So I'll say it like that. I definitely, I feel that sentiment. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Jason. I appreciate it uh, as always. And I hope to have you on again soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day as well as today. For your second listen, check out the brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. That's Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. Owen Valentine will be back with me tomorrow, and we will see you then.